Hello and welcome to an episode of Friend Talk Ball uh, with me, Joe, and Sam. How are you Hello. doing, Sam? Hello. I'm good. Good. Um, so we've actually got a date for the start of the NBA season, finally. Um, I say yep. finally. I mean, it's going to be the shortest off-season ever or something. Well, I think it's the end of December, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's 22nd of December and then the full five-day games on Christmas Day thing. Um, it's, it's really weird because it is sort of funny. It does feel like we've had to wait quite a while to find out where the next season would be. Um, just because they were faffing around and had to negotiate on money and stuff and a lot of players didn't want to come back so quickly. But to me, it seems like, well, personally, it's the right decision because I want to watch more. And the amount of money at stake, it feels like they didn't really have much of a choice. It was like half a billion dollars they could lose if they waited another three weeks. Yeah. And also because of that, like relatively short notice to start of the season, we've also got um, free agency and the draft all like squeezed into like a week, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it be, it? It's going to be crazy. Well, it started. It started in the last two days. Um, stuff has started moving. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder only just hired a coach. And then, like, everything is about to happen at once. Uh, the draft is the 18th, so next Wednesday. Um, and free agency is basically just going to be like a chaotic free-for-all. Yeah. And there's going to be trades. And options, options haven't even been decided yet. Training camp starts on December the 1st for every team and players haven't decided their options yet. And then they've got to decide Jesus. what happens after. So people oh like God. Gordon Hayward, yeah. who've got 34 million player option or Andre Drummond and these guys. Um, I'm not, that must be very soon, that deadline. I should have, I should know that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going yeah. to be manic. NBA is like that, but more so this time. There's basically two weeks to decide, like, all of the, what, the majority of the player movement will be done in, like, the next two weeks, won't it? Like, trades, free agency, and the draft. Is it the 18th for the draft? Yeah, yeah. So that's less than a week now. So the really interesting thing with the the 18th for the draft is um, usually, obviously, like, they get drafted in the summer. And then they have summer league and they have all this time to prepare and all the hype. And maybe that puts more pressure on you or not. I don't know. But you almost have this like maturing process that you go through after you've been drafted before you make your debut. Yeah. There's no bloody time for this year. If you get drafted, you've been sent your hats. You've been sent like all 30 hats or something. If you're one of the top prospects to your house where you do it in this this video call as we saw NFL. Yeah. And then you put your hat on and then like straight away, you're going to have to go like a week train later, with NBA a week player. later you're in with the yeah you're going to have to do a load team. of media sh- and then you're training with NBA players and then like about a month later you're going to be playing NBA games like you could yeah. be against Steph Curry and Lawrence within a month of being drafted for some people they're going to have gone into the draft not knowing they'll be drafted like it's fine for Wiseman and Edwards and Lamelo and stuff they're kind of emotionally prepared for I'm going to the NBA in some cases maybe too emotionally prepared for it but like for some of the lower guys, it's going to be, yeah, I could be going back to college or I could be looking like somewhere else or going and playing in Europe or something. And then they're going to get drafted and then they're playing in the NBA. 
Like it's just yeah. So I think that's a really fascinating thing. And something that people have spoken about ahead of the draft with like wedding players who are actually ready to go. Because obviously the thing on with so often the question with prospects is their maturity. And I mean, some of these guys are like sort of still kids really. And then others like Obi Toppin's 22. And whether that actually works in his favour this time is, well, if you're a halfway decent team and you want to be semi-competitive in this quick season, would you like to have an actual grown-up joining your team? Yeah. Rather than a, a also, teenager. I, I don't want the college basketball stopped a while ago, I imagine. Well, yeah. So it's the amazing thing is you're seeing these mock mock drafts changing week to week, even now. And people, some players have flown up and none of these guys have played any of basketball in ages. None of them. The other side of that is, whereas usually you finish the college this spring and then you get drafted a couple of months later, is since last these guys, you think someone like 19 and usually the same guy will draft them. Genuinely, there's talk of um, as rough as they last. They're put on loads of... Um... I didn't catch the last piece said that. Sorry, I think we had a bit of a technical issue. I was saying that players, that players between when they last played a game and now, there's talk about some players grown like two inches or they've been working out and stop and they've put on like loads of muscle mass. Yeah. Been quite... been, because they've not been in actual competitive basketball, it's a very, very quite a lot how much like they've been doing. Yeah, physical stuff or like tr training in general. So yeah, that's like a different factor that doesn't usually come into it as much, I guess. Should we um talk about some trade rumors? Because I think that's probably going to be the the biggest uh, the biggest movement and stuff this off season is going to be trades, isn't it? As the free agency is not quite as packed as it was like last year. Well, that's that one of the biggest understatements, really. Yeah, it's what Fred's top guy, is he or something? Yeah, it's Fred Fanfully. Really good. Um, and then, I mean, it depends on Gordon Hayward's option. Uh, well, let's go to some trade rumours because draft stuff we can touch on through trades anyway. It's on Thursday. On Wednesday, it came out that Russell asked to be traded, making I think the Niles and star player who doesn't want to play with James Harden. Yeah. Uh, that That is like the big story at the moment, isn't it? The Russell Westbrook thing where he's basically said he wants to be traded to like a championship contender pretty much. He's just listed like all the best teams in the NBA. It's like, please. Or was, did he have the Hawks or something list that was quoted somewhere? Well, I think it's about wanting to be the most dominant player on the team as well. Although it's be the guard, he wants to run the offense. Would he do that at Atlanta though? When they've got Trey Young, they're going to like. Well, I haven't seen anything about the Hawks, but he, um, yeah, I mean, I he's not going to do that there. Tweet I saw, but yeah, I think basically all the teams that he wants to go to. Um, or on the, I can't remember where I saw this actually. Are like not going to trade on? No way they're going to trade for him because it just doesn't work. I don't think. 
he's not going into this with any leverage. I mean, partly because to the Rockets. He just yeah, he wrangled away. Um, and I don't think the Rockets are going to have their choice of teams that want him. Basically. I think he's going to be like, if you don't want to be here, your options are A, B, and C, or maybe just A and B. Um, I don't think it's impossible he stays with Houston because, well, it depends how hard he wants to force his way out. But him and James Harden were saying that the league should be scared of them playing together last year. He changed his mind pretty quickly on that. And I, I understand it. Um, but he's not going to go to... A, like, there's the Clippers talk. There's the idea that he goes to the Clippers, which he's like, okay, Paul George and Russell Westbrook didn't work together. What if we give them Kawhi Leonard? I mean, yeah, maybe. But then they're not going to have... How does... That... First of all, to do it, I think you'd probably need a sign and trade from Montrez Harrell. Well, you wouldn't need it, but you would need to throw in, like, everything else on the roster and give some of them back to Houston, who some of them moved to the Clippers in the Chris Paul trade when the Houston Rockets got Chris Paul. So, I mean, I don't know. I, Russell Westbrook is on a pretty dreadful contract. The last time we saw him play basketball, he was injured and rubbish. You need to have a team completely built around him. And at this point in his career, a team built around him, I'm not sure that gets to the playoffs in either conference. Like, it might get the eighth seed in the East. It might get the eighth seed. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, there are seven teams that are way better than everyone else. I include the Pacers in that still because they're just, they're always pretty good. Um, and unless they, they tear it down, they're, they're going to remain like that. And then in the West, it's like, well, well. Yeah, I, I don't see him like any sensible team like trading for him and it making any sense really there's like it, it's it's weird that isn't it how they basically dumped chris paul in order to get russell westbrook thinking like you know yeah yeah russell westbrook's going to be like better or something in some way and now after a year of playing with james harden again it's like yeah russell westbrook's the guy that no one wants but then westbrook's contract that's why that trade, as much as Mori has done some brilliant things, or maybe it was a Harden trade, really. I mean, if you look at a lot of the reporting around that trade, it was James Harden and Russell Westbrook said, we want to play together, and then they had to make it happen. And that meant that OKC had them over a barrel, and they took what is, is two first-round picks and two pick swaps or something, I think they got for, them, for Russell Westbrook on that much money when he's been injured recently and yeah, stuff. I and, mean, and it was ball. a shocker. It was bad. Yeah, it was like shocker. Good a again. proper, like, all-time bad trade, that. Um, Mori got rid of a lot of picks and uh, players they drafted to try and improve the roster. But they were all sort of stuff around the edges. Like, they dealt this year's first-round pick to get Covington. And you think, well, okay, fine. Um, but that one, giving up a haul for a player like Westbrook, two of the most high-usage players ever. Yeah. And, and now they're I, not I, getting that back, are they? They're not getting that haul back. Like, oh, they're not getting any haul. No I, way. I think I, I wrote an article today. So one team I tried to like talk yourself into it was with the Magic. If the Magic just want to make sure they're the eighth best team in the East and they want to get trounced by the Bucks every year, they, they've got the salaries to try and do a deal. But 
also if you're the Magic and you're taking on Westbrook's contract and a player who's been injured, yeah. um, you're not giving up assets. So they've got the 15th pick this year. Yeah, it's not a great draft. You'd rather give that up for maybe next year's 20th pick from what most people are saying. But so they'd probably have to give up Aaron Gordon. You assume they give up Markel Fultz just because you can't have Fultz and Westbrook on the court together. And then you've got Aminu. And I've managed to find a trade where you do Fultz, Gordon, Aminu for Westbrook and Daniel House, because Daniel House is also really pissed off. Um, right. And it's like, well, so, yeah, then, then the Magic are probably a better team. You've got shooting around Westbrook, and he plays with Vucevic, giving him a stretch five. That's quite useful. But why? Just why? Yeah, What's the it, point? Does not, it doesn't make them... Oh, this is the thing because I think any move where anyone trades for Westbrook is not going to be a um, uh, like a basketball like setting yourself up to win, like actually like win a championship move, is it? It's not going to help anyone be in a better position to win a championship. It's basically it's going to be one of those moves that's like a team that's sort of bad that wants to you know, wants to show their fans that they're trying to compete or something or try and generate some excitement rather than it actually making sense to try and build a championship team at any point in the future, really. Because it, it, it ties up money and doesn't make you considerably better now. So it's like, I don't know, like, what was, what was that tweet you just saw? Like, the Hornets, was it? Like... What, they trade Torah's and a, a big expiring and it's like, okay well so yeah. you actually take the ball out of Devonte graham's hands who played who probably could have well he definitely could have maybe just won most improved last year and i mean so the obvious the, the replies to that because twitter doesn't seem to understand how trades work or have any sense of realism was like yeah the rockets are going to get the third overall pick there's no way there's no way you give up the third overall pick to take Russell Westbrook's contract. That's how, well, that that would be the worst. That would be as bad as the Rockets trade if the Hornets give up the third overall pick to get Russell Westbrook. That would be so stupid. Yeah, you could see it happening, though, couldn't you? Yeah, I Michael Jordan, Rockets genius. Yeah, Michael Jordan, just yeah. like, oh yeah, we just we just have to try and win whatever, whatever his attitude is, or whatever trying to win means. So yeah. one I've seen suggested is um, the Chicago Bulls, who fit what you've just said. Yeah. Um, and you could do Otto Porter, who is injured a lot, but he's a three-point shooter and defend a bit. You can actually do Otto Porter, Russell Westbrook. Just straight. Um, you can do that straight up. But, so you're going to have Zach Levine, Kobe White, and Russell Westbrook. Right. Yeah, that's the, thing, like, the biggest problem is taking the ball out of Kerry White's hands. Like the whole idea at the moment is they've got a young team developing. Um, although I think it. And Zach Levine. I mean, like, yeah. much, how much better right now is Russell Westbrook than Zach Levine? I appreciate that is probably considered very controversial, but like, Zach Levine can shoot threes. He can drive yeah. to the basket. He could dunk. He's nowhere near the playmaker that Westbrook, Westbrook is, of course. Really but... threes that well. <laughs> No, Westbrook can't. Westbrook cannot shoot the ball at all because basically to build a team around him, and it's why I said about Fultz is 
is you need four shooters. That's why the Rockets, because they really don't guard him. But Russell Westbrook's point is, like, I mean, Ben's a lot of and should shoot more, obviously. But the other teams were defending Westbrook like he was Ben Simmons. That's how little interest people have got in his shot. It's like, fine, okay, if we lose because Russell Westbrook hits 4-3, then we'll take that. You, If you have a non-shooter with him, your whole offense is going to just fall apart, really, these days, I think, because he, he really can't shoot the ball anymore. So you have to build an offense around him. And if you build an offense around him, how good is that? And he gets injured. Because if you build a team around someone and then they're not there, it often the system looks, well, it's empty, isn't it? Effectively, yeah. Anyway, that that's going to be interesting, basically, to see which team is going to end up getting him, and probably there's going to be a mistake. Yes, I mean, unless they see... get nothing, maybe if they get him for basically nothing. But even so, if you get him for nothing, you still have the problem that he's taking up so much of the cap. But if you're a small market team that doesn't get maybe you could with that. Um, but it's it's another, it's another multiple years to come. Like, if it's a young team, so if you've got a young team going for him and they're going to put him in our cap space for a while, he then takes the ball off of one of your your young players. They're not going to have the ball as much. Yeah. He's basically just not, it's not that he's not good, but for the player he is now, like for the role he has in the team, how much the team has to be about him, he's not good, if that makes sense. He's not fundamentally bad. Like he was brilliant for a stretch when they completely spaced the floor, they got rid of the centre, and he was was, was averaging like 33 points a game for a while on really good efficiency because they told him just don't shoot any more threes, you're not good at it. But that you can't play like that like, constantly. No, and it, he obviously can't because he breaks. He he physically can't seem yeah, to do it for a long time. Yeah, he can be good if you do it like that. But also, you you have to build the team like completely around him, and then for him to be like good. And then he's well, he's basically too old and reliable, and not that good anymore. That. It's worth doing that, basically, because then he gets injured and you, you've you got a team built to play on Russell Westbrook and he's not there anymore. And... Nice segue, actually. It's a nice segue onto a player who's almost the opposite. Drew Holiday has no super fans, I don't think. I don't think there are Twitter accounts dedicated to Drew Holiday. He, has, he doesn't have one of the worst contracts in the league. And he's not committed to be paid money for several more seasons. But you don't have to. The whole beauty of him is you don't have to build the team around him. Yeah, he doesn't he could fit in all any the team time and like improve them pretty much, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's a brilliant defender. Can probably defend three positions, but definitely defend uh, ones and twos. He can shoot catch. Can shoot from catch and shoot situations. He can get to the basket and he can pass the ball, and he makes good decisions. And it's like you just you just put him on almost any team, well, on any team, basically, and they're going to be a better team. Yeah. Um, and the, the question really is if you, there's a risk you're only going to get one year, um, is how much you're willing to give up. Uh, the, the Nuggets have always been one that's talked about a lot. But uh, a bit like uh, to compare to baseball, which I admit for the 
handful of people actually are listening to this. They might not care, but like it's when, when in baseball, if a farm system's got one top prospect, whenever they try and trade for anyone, they say, can we have him? And then they say no. And then that's the end of the discussions. And it, it almost gets in the way having that one prospect is because yeah. people just won't lose your farm. It almost makes your other prospects look bad. And I feel like the Nuggets were a little bit like that with Michael Porter is I think if they try and trade for anyone or anyone like Drew Holiday's caliber and above, yeah. people are just going to say, yeah, we want Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. And they're going to say no. And, and then... And an even bigger problem with that now is that given like what he did in the playoffs and stuff and like in the bubble, he's like, for the Nuggets, he's beyond being like a prospect now, is he? He's like, yeah, this the plan is this guy's probably like that third option. Like, yeah, and the problem you've got there, though, is so the next pieces they've got are like Will Barton. They're starting small forward. I mean, that's that he's nowhere near as valuable as someone like Porter, who's cheaper, younger. Then the upside of Porter yeah. is just <clears throat> ridiculous. The downside's pretty big, but the upside is just they, like they could always it, they could always have like I know like Barton and like Bol Bol or something like that, Ian. Well, but that's where you have to base it around. But then they don't have the picks because they're good. And it's yeah. like, well, Jokic and Murray are there forever. They're going to be good for a long time. Is you do Barton, Bol Bol, what, like one or two first round picks? Do you do that for one year of Drew Holiday? The Nuggets, again, are a team that are unlikely to re-sign him if he wants a massive contract, which he will. So, Yeah. Well, although they do have a bit of room now, don't they, with Millsap um, being a free agent. Yeah, so they it's could... just the team gets expensive, doesn't it? If you've got... Yeah, well, they have to start extending people, I guess. Well, they've already got Murray sorted out. Murray got given that massive extension, which everyone thought was bad. Like, universally, it was, oh, that's an overpay. Yeah. And then and that, he was... And now it's like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, it maybe turns out good. he's Michael Jordan when he plays in the postseason. Um, and they're obviously paying Jokic, and then if everything goes well, you pay Porter probably a lot of money in a couple of years because yeah, he could but be otherworldly. That cap room, though, as well, means that, I mean, I don't know who is available in free agency. There's, there's no one that's that, but, like, I mean, they could just sign a free agent on a short deal. Well, they'll probably pay and Jeremy Grant. They've got to yeah. pay Jeremy Grant to keep him, uh, which I imagine they'll do. Yeah, it's just a, if you could, it would be amazing if you could get like a a Murray Holiday, Porter, Grant, Jokic five. Yeah, that is the potential to be ridiculous. Yeah, so it's like if they if they can manage to do it without giving up, basically Michael Porter Junior. I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure I do that if I'm New Orleans, to be honest. Because I, mean, I think the, other teams will bite. Yeah, it's, I the, think it's some... the thing is, at the moment, they're not actually anyone specifically linked. Is there really much? It's just like they've said we're willing to listen to offers. And it's like, um, it depends really how much other teams are willing to offer or like what what makes sense for them as well. So the other teams in the reckoning, <laughs> you're thinking the Nets... The Nets make yeah. a lot of sense. And then it's like, although Karis Levert's yeah. fit with Brandon Ingram and, and Zion isn't amazing, but... No, it's basically the same issue as him being at the Nets with yeah. Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, but then 
if you're not getting him, you're again looking at probably quite late draft picks. Um, and you, you could maybe get Jarrett Allen, but they've got Jackson Hayes, who's a, a sort of athletic, yeah. dunking, pick and Defensive, roll, shot blocking. Yeah. And, and actually those guys, I'm not sure how much you're going to want those guys next to Zion anyway, really. Because, I mean, that's what he's going to be. Yeah. It's just you might have a stretch five so that he doesn't have to always guard yes. the opposition centre. It, it that's one that it makes sense, a lot of sense for the Nets to get him. Like, it makes a lot of sense for everyone. But I don't think they really have that much that makes sense for uh, the Pelicans, really. Well, there's always no. the pick situation. I can't remember all the pick situations. It's like, you know, a couple of first-round picks. Anyone would... Might convince them. The one thing that you could maybe, and I don't know if Brooklyn would do this, is if you ask for a, and Brooklyn have this, various mental scars of this, I suppose, is if you could get them to give Justin, if that you could get their twenty under. Yeah. And hope they're bad again, um, a bit like what's happened with the Pelicans and the Lakers, where it's like, so they've got some bad Lakers first rounders at something, but then they've also if Davis signs a short deal and then LeBron goes somewhere else or retires or whatever, I think that they've also got some far enough on that they could get. Yeah, so they can be bad again. Later. Yeah. Um, so that's one way you could try to do it if you're the net to say, well, look, if we're we're rubbish after KD and Kyrie, do you want our pick in years yeah. to come? And then, well, then you've got like peak Ingram first overall pick in the 2025 draft or something. Stupid. Yeah. Um, Basically, hopes to so, be in a position that the Warriors are in. But yeah. in the future. And then the other teams that you've seen are obviously the Warriors. Everyone talks about the Warriors. Um, I know Zach Glow has said he wouldn't give up the second overall pick to get Drew, which I think is quite an interesting. Although the one thing uh, I did yeah. suggest was basically his pick swap. I think the, I, yeah. I was just listening the podcast, his podcast, not less one, the one before. Um, I think the trade he was suggesting that he seems and Wigan round pick for. Drew Holiday and the 13th pick. Second um, overall, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Second round, yeah, second overall. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't that. The only problem I have is you're very committed to being small then. Yeah. Is, is it in, in crunch time, you're always then saying you're going to have Holiday, Curry, Thompson together. Um, I mean, you might also just score a million points. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I'm not sure how much I like Holiday to the yeah. Warriors, to be honest. The other thing is, like, I'm, is. I'm not certain they they def, desperately want to get rid of Wiggins. Even though obviously a lot of people just think he's bad. It's like, I, as I think we might maybe mentioned on previous podcasts, there's a, definitely a cultural thing with all the defensive stuff. And it's basically all players, when they play for the Timberwolves, are bad defenders, almost. Um was so I think there's an interesting thing with him as well where he was he was having to kind of set a culture obviously not when Butler was there and it didn't really work out actually but yeah. Butler's kind of he's the Jordan school of leadership isn't he basically how much of a bastard can you be to someone and then yeah. you see if they break in like a test of if they can take it the Warriors are not really like that Steve Kerr's just not that kind of person and I, Draymond's a little bit like that but he's nothing like Butler or, or Jordan or anyone that's sort of a, this alpha character all the time um, if I was the Warriors, I would not have to get rid of Wiggins because I think 
having wings is going to be useful. He's not going to stop Kawhi or LeBron or anything, but like you're also not going to, be able to put Drew Holiday on Kawhi or LeBron. So I'm not yeah. sure that helps. If you were talking about trading Wiggins in the second yeah. pick and moving down, and going to get, I can't really think who, but like, yeah, I don't know, like a Covington type player, not Covington, but but one of those sort of guys you've got more yeah. in defense. Like a defensive wing. Yeah, if you if you were getting that kind of player, but getting another ball handling guard, it's like, well, yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't think it, it helps them necessarily. Um, what are the other teams? I mean, the Sixers obviously have been mentioned because... Yeah, I mean, the Sixers are going to be doing them. something, aren't they, you imagine? They're another team that, and yeah. Daryl Murray has track record for this, he could... Just get all the picks, you mean? Well, if you if you use yeah, if you did two first rounders and Tybal, I think that would be stupid. I think Tybal is actually a massive asset for them. He's, he could be so so good as an off ball player if you have him yeah. defending like he does, and if he keeps shooting threes at league average or above, he's going to be phenomenal. Uh, but Drew Holiday would be such a good fit there. I think they need someone who can handle the ball, but you yeah. don't want someone who holds the ball because you want Simmons to still do a lot of playmaking. And then you need someone who can guard uh, really point guards like Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving. That's Drew Holiday, isn't it? He's just absolutely perfect to fit alongside those guys. But I don't think they've got the stuff to do it unless David Griffin... I wrote about this recently. If David Griffin thinks Al Horford can be like a leader to their young team and he can play stretch five, get his eye on, and you play yeah. like a... You play... You build around Lonzo Ball Ingram, Zion, Al Horford. Like, I, d- I actually think that can, but I don't know what the kind of consensus is on Al Horford because he was so bad last year. I don't think he's that bad because there were games when he didn't look like he was rubbish. The world's best for him. But if if they could somehow do like two first rounders and Al Horford drew holiday, that would be incredible for them. Yeah, I mean, that's basically would be the dream for the six. So I think somehow they could trade Al Horford without it just being a complete salary dump? Or even if, if they could dump the salary, to be honest, the point is like that wouldn't that'd be quite good. Given just the basically how bad the fit has turned out to be. And him yeah. not being good. Right. Six, it's, it's like Yeah, that is <laughs> that should be their number one priority. If if you assume that they're not trading at Simmons or Embiid, it's like then then it's like okay then they have to trade out all. Link to the Westbrook stuff. So the initial reporting post the Westbrook thing was Harden is still working with them. He's still committed to the Rockets long term and all this. I think it's possible that that goes very south very quickly. Yeah, because um, I mean the Rockets. I mean that's another reason why he probably wants to leave is the Rockets is full of the Like, and the, and if they the could manager, then trade I mean, general manager leaving, it's like the end of the. It does feel like the end of the James Harden rocket era. Even if James Harden's still there, it's like... It's not going to be just James Harden. I mean, the new coach yeah, even said yeah. stuff about sharing the ball more. Yeah. And then into recently and as well. And it's going to be so a different style of, of playing and stuff and different general managers. It's like, that era, if it is like done, and it's like, yeah, maybe James Harden decides, yeah, it's the best days in Houston are over, which they probably are. And then he's going to get traded to the Sixers and the Sixers are going to give up everything for him. And it's not going to work because like, James Harden will not 
will still be ISOing and that went down well. Yeah, and they won't be shooting because it'll be Simmons and Embiid. Or, well, I, don't, I think they'll have to give up Simmons if they get James Harden. The other thing yeah. is, offensively, having James Harden and Embiid on the floor together is basically unstoppable. If you could get them to both just put some more effort in and into their conditioning, they might just be absolutely unguardable. It's like, well, you can't you can't throw double teams at them, which is what they both suffer from is get double teamed out of games sometimes. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you're gonna run a high screen for Harden or something and then trap him, and he's just gonna lob it over the top to Embiid and he's gonna absolutely flat someone. So you you let Harden go. I mean, it, it would be a lot of fun. I would win, but it would be pretty incredible to watch. I just uh, another team on the Drew Holiday thing. I just ran the trade machine. Drew Holiday to the Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, DJ Johnson. Uh, works. I mean, the Bucks would have to give up picks in that scenario, and I don't, I don't know how much anyone really cares about Eric Bledsoe at this point. What is in other teams? Are the Pelicans want yeah, him? Yeah, I, I don't know if why they'd want him. Really, I mean, he's got, he's still got time to go on that contract. It's not enormous, but it's it's enough money to be sort of in the way. And he's, yeah, I don't know how he helps them. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's like, the basically pick that is, it's like, like blood blood, so it wouldn't be a positive for the Pelicans. that just bouncing them, I guess. Yeah. And then, then your question, boxes. does Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, is that enough to help Giannis? Does that make him want to stay? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird one with the park, really, isn't it? Is it's like, yeah, they, they were they were last year really, really, really good, and then in the playoffs, not good. Although I guess may, that if they didn't have the pandemic, that may have turned out differently. I suppose. Really, sort of, you know, prop up their momentum. But yeah, I don't really yeah. know what, what what the Bucks do here because it's really really good by having. Like amazing system around, and then it's like, if they get another star, doesn't that sort of damage the system or make it not quite as? Um... Is that the appeal of Drew Holiday though? That's like what we're saying with Drew yeah, Holiday. So he... perfect. It's... Yeah, I feel like you just fit in that, or any system pretty much. You just have Drew Holiday, just a really good player, just a good all round. He just got... he's going to be a better player in the system than what you've got at the moment. Um... Yeah, is there anything else to move on to? Uh, other players get traded. I mean, Holiday is not a guarantee. Westbrook seems very likely now. Yeah, there's someone will do, whether it's good or not. Chris Paul to the Suns. Thoughts? All that rumor. I mean, I think that that'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd just be good. Although I don't know what the Suns give up. It's a bit like the Magic one. But it feels more positive because Chris Paul is better than Russell Westbrook and because the Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. The Magic have already done that losing as a low seed. They've already done that a couple of times. But the Suns want to get back and lose as an 8 seed. I think that would be cool now. Um, But that's all that happened. They're young players, it looks like they've maybe made a step forward. I mean, based on the bubble, basically. But who knows? I feel like that could be a good trade. But it depends. obviously depends what they have to give up. I don't, I, it, well, they, they can do it quite easy. They they can do a because uh, Rubio's got a hefty contract. Have two options where they can either um, absorb 
a lot of Chris Paul's salary into cap space because they've got loads of space this offseason yeah. and renounce um, and let Dario Saric go and turn down some options. Or you can do it um, You can do it at a different time. I, I wrote this up the other day. I can't remember all the details of it. But basically, you can do it in a way where you, you keep certain players and whether Kelly Oub goes, you can do it in a way where you have a little bit of space still. Um, but the core of uh, uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges... DeAndre Ayton, maybe Kelly Oubre is really nice. That's a really good, it's not a really good team. It's a good team. Will they make the playoffs with that team? But how Chris played last year, may may, may that sound yeah. stupid, but, but and I'd also, like him to go to a good team. But is there okay? Well, they're I'm saying not... Chris Paul a farewell video after their final. Okay. So he, what, so he should have decided already. Because I would have it thought they like might want to keep yeah. hold of him, given how well they did last year. But I think they've decided it's time. To be fair, everyone is, is, is the zag move. Everyone in the West is trying to win, so it's a good time yeah. to try and lose. Him. Yeah, and, and gonna... basically the fact that what well, year means that they maybe has a bit more value than he did when they got him. Because of the Westbrook thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think... Um, I, he it sounds like he's going to be traded, but important, there's been reporting that he's he's got some sort of say in where he goes, which they did with Westbrook as well, apparently. Well, we're going to trade you, but you can kind of guide us on it. So the Suns, like, it's a nice place to go and play. It's fun, I'm sure, but he's not going to win a ring there, is he? Yeah, that's the other thing. Probably won't. I reckon it'll be because... I don't know how they do it, but I mean, they can put the salaries together somehow. Danny Green, I think he'd like to agree a sign and trade for Caldwell Pope and everything else. Yeah, so they, maybe they'll just do that. Or oh, they don't have any picks anymore, do they? Uh, they've got this year's one, I think. But if they, to be fair, if you've got, I mean, LeBron already just gets random to sign league minimum deal with the game way more. If you've got the reigning champions, who are also Lakers, LeBron James, and Chris Paul, and Anthony Davis. You might just be able to fill out without paying anyone any money. You yeah. might have a really good sport cast. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're going to have... Yeah, they could be able to get a team. It would be fun if they did that. Yeah. Should we, we should wrap up now. We should probably... Yeah, I guess so. Wrap up. I mean, that's been a, a reasonably long conversation about trades and stuff and we'll do another one of these like, we'll have to go again when maybe when all stuff's happened maybe, when, when I mean, happened. maybe in a week's time maybe yeah although we need to do a baseball one as well soon yeah but the, after the draft would be a good time because I think stuff's going to happen on draft night people are going to trade then yeah I guess to, yeah when stuff happens we'll do one then yeah yeah seems like he could so uh see you then